Jewish penicillin. Yeah. Where do we start? Okay, where do we go from here? So we we have our uh, we have our. Welcome to Such Small Portions, the homestyle Jewish food podcast where we cook together and try not to chew on the mic while we talk about it. I'm Jordan Tepper, Chief Confectionery Officer of East Tasty Candy Company. And I'm Wes Scoggins. Uh, I'm a chef here in Nashville, and I run the food truck Jewish Cowboy. We want to hear from you. You can now email us at suchsmallportionspod at gmail.com. Today, we are making matzo balls. Wes? How do you feel about matzo balls? It is one of many uh, Ashkenazi standards that I feel very, very positive about. Um, you know, being from a uh, Sephardic background, we don't quite have matzo balls. We've got a couple of other things that kind of uh, stand in for them, uh, including some Tunisian meatballs that are quite similar actually we might have to do those in a future episode <laughs> but matzo balls are have a much larger cultural cachet especially being uh such a new york deli standard and uh they definitely deserve the respect that they get i agree coming from uh, an ashkenazi background matzo balls are my my comfort food and uh people would call it i would call it jewish penicillin I, whenever I go to a deli and they have a matzo ball soup, I kind of judge the deli based on their matzo ball soup. Yeah, I think that's a, a excellent baseline to judge a deli by. And when you are eating matzo balls, Wes, what are the characteristics that you look for to make sure that it is a good matzo ball? Um, one, it can't be crumbly. Uh, I need to be able to slide my fork through them and they need to hold together well. Um, like that, that consistent dumpling texture is really, really important. Um, and they need to have a little bit of a chew, but not be chewy. They need to have, uh, be, have a nice amount of lightness and fluffiness, but not be crumbly. And it's just you know, getting a nice cross-section between all those things. Yeah, I, I think you hit the, the ball on the uh, the head there. <laughs> uh, there's something about having the perfect matzo ball when you have uh, uh, salty and savory and your spoon goes right through it and it kind of just melts in your mouth. And uh, it almost kind of sounds like an M&M, doesn't it? <laughs> uh yeah melts in your mouth not in your hand so uh when you're eating matzo ball soup uh you uh you said that because you have a sephardic background um you didn't really eat it a lot growing up but when you are eating it what type of memories come back to you when you're eating a, a bowl of matzo ball soup you know just Memories of, of, of visiting delis, going to delis, they, you know, delis are kind of that, a, a, a classic Jewish third space 
um, especially for uh, Jewish Americans. They're in a lot of ways, in some places, they can be a, a community center almost. But, you know, me- me- memories of, of, of visiting delis, the the warmth of it, the comfort of it, um, a, lot of, a lot of positive memories associated with them. Wes, I, I have a question for you. Shoot. Do you have a hero matzo ball? The one by all others are judged. A deli or grandma that has defined a matzo ball for you. That is, that's a really big question. Um, I think that it's hard not to step away from some of the big OGs uh, like Russ and Daughters in New York and other classic New York delis that they, in in a lot of ways, perfected the art form and uh, kind of deserve their renowned legendary status. But I have a big soft spot for just simple box mixes that I make, you know, at, at home. The, the the classic Manischewitz box mix. Uh, there's something very comforting uh, uh, about it, especially coming from a Texas background where there are, uh, unfortunately, uh, a dearth of delis. Um, a, a lot of it was just at home, often with uh, box mixes that my mom would make. We didn't really make matzo ball soup at home. Uh, we made it during Passover. Uh, but if I wanted to enjoy a, a good bowl, I would have had to go out for it. And two places come to mind, like other than just the, the places up in New York. Uh, one of them I visited a, uh, a couple weeks ago when I went to visit Richmond, Virginia. It's a place called Pearly's. And they had the some of the best matzo ball soup that I can think of. The, the, they were big matzo balls. Your, uh, your spoon went right through it and it melted in your mouth. It was kind of like that classic um, way that we just described it before. The other one is when I go to visit Boston – there's a restaurant called Zafdigs, and they they were um, really great as well. Just when when I I think it's uh, when I when I was digging into that bowl of soup, just memories of sitting around a table and sharing family stories came into my mind. Okay, um, I have a little bit of matzo ball trivia for you. Are you ready, Wes? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. In 2008, Joey Chestnut held the world record for eating matzo balls. 78 matzo balls. They were three and a half ounces or 99 grams in eight minutes at the inaugural World Matzo Ball Eating Championship. Agoy <laughs> won this. This is an exhibition of Admiral Jewish restraint, or is this a Shonda Fartagoyim? Um, you know, I, uh, I guess that depends on if the, uh, Jewish agenda, uh, designates that we need to eat more matzo balls. I, I, I've definitely been, uh, a, uh, quality over quantity advocate. Uh, so yeah, no, I think that, you know, eating, eating that many, uh, uh, could definitely be considered, a. uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 a little bit 
of an excess, I I, I think that that kind of goes against. I mean, I've seen this guy eat eat um, hot dogs. It's oh, it's yeah, amazing. No. Yeah, I, yeah, he's a monster. The, the one thing that I just can't imagine him eating, like how how he ate it, because they're they're mushy. Oh yeah, no, it's like, a lot, lot of moisture. How did he put it in his hands, or did he just put his face into it? I gotta do a little bit of research on this to see exactly how he ate it. Did he mush it up and drink it through a straw? <laughs> no, I think um, it's kind of that classic uh, 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 Jew or not Jew eating competitions. I feel are definitely uh, not not Jewish. I think that if a uh, if somebody a goyim or a Jew wanted to eat all that matzo ball, go for it. Oh um, yeah, I I like to enjoy my food. Yeah, no, uh, I think the closest thing to an eating competition that I've ever engaged in is uh, the uh, n- night before uh, Yom uh, Yom Kippur. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, yes, you you, you want to definitely carve up for that. Yeah, that's 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 my eating competition. Let's adjourn to the kitchen and make some matzo balls. Our recipe today comes from the kitchen. You can find the link in our show notes. Okay, Wes, so we're just going to be making the matzo balls today. Yeah, because making the soup is a whole endeavor. Whole day endeavor. We and our bubbies are not here to cook all day. We just have a couple of minutes. How do we make a, a down and dirty good matzo ball. What matzo balls are uh, for uh, the uninitiated is it is a soup dumpling and the base is matzo mill which is just a uh, flour from matzo and it is bound uh, traditionally with what's called schmaltz which is uh, rendered chicken fat. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, other recipes, especially if you're doing uh, a box mix or something, might use vegetable oil. Um, but yeah, you just need that uh, fat to help act as a binder. They typically have some kind of leavener added. Uh, you can uh, usually see uh, baking soda uh, added to a lot of recipes. Uh, another uh, OG traditional uh, move is to use uh, uh, unflavored seltzer. Okay. Uh, you uh, use that and pour it into the bowls. The bubbling action uh, provide, uh, produces little cavities and bubbles in the dough itself nice. and uh, makes it light and it makes them float. What we have is our dry mix, uh, our fat, and uh, eggs. What's our fat? What are we using? Uh, we are going to be using just standard uh, vegetable oil for this. Traditionally, smalts. Uh, outside of one of those big uh, urban uh, coastal centers uh, can be a little bit trickier to find. When I make uh, matzo ball at home, I usually roast my own chicken and collect the fat. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can get uh, an order schmaltz. You can um, uh, use other fats like uh, beef fat or duck fat mm-hmm. or other... Um, Duck fat sounds fancy. Uh, it, it is a, a really, really luscious one. It's a, it's a nice one. So, uh, uh, what you're going to do is first start with your eggs. You're going to be combining your eggs 
with uh, your flavoring components. That is going to be dill, pepper, and salt. Since we don't have schmaltz, we're using vegetable oil. Yep, just and standard vegetable oil. Putting in a quarter of a cup of that. And gonna uh, be putting in the dill. Classic Eastern European flavoring uh, that you see uh, in all sorts of recipes, including uh, this. A lot of classic broth and uh, soup recipes feature dill prominently. We're gonna whisk the eggs, the dill, and the schmaltz together. And then we have the uh, matzo milk. So if you are using a packaged matzo ball mix, you might not need to add as much salt or pepper because it'll be already in the mix. Which there is no, no shame in that. You know, Manischewitz are wizards. So we have our matzo dough. It is uh, mixed roughly and you now form the balls. It's a good idea to have your hands wet right now. Uh, I just made the mistake uh, of not having them wet. So I need a little, a little bit of water on my hands so I can easily pick up the sticky doughs and shape them. Uh, you do not want to squeeze them. If you squeeze them, you will have sinkers instead of floaters. I have to say I have had uh, some dense matzo balls and uh, the, the overall, I would say the overall texture is just not as pleasant as having really light airy. Like when you're eating them, you want your spoon to go easily through it. So after you roll these guys, um, you drop them in the broth to finish cooking. All right, guys, we will be back in a moment to taste it. Are you excited? I am. We're gonna start tasting now, okay? Wes, this is good. Oh, yeah. And um, just the soup soaks into the dumpling and you just get that explosion of broth in your mouth when you chew. And that's that's like exactly what you want. You want the, the flavor of the broth kind of just going throughout the bowl. Exactly. The ball itself didn't have a, a lot of flavor until you put it in the chicken broth. I actually topped mine off with a little bit of dill. And uh, I, I, I like that flavor. Um, but these, uh, how we made it today, they cut really easily. When you put mm -hmm. them in your mouth, they kind of just melt in your mouth. Uh, they are not thick um, or dense. Yeah, no, not at all. It's really easy to cut them with a spoon. And they hold together when you cut them. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's exactly what you want. So we used a store-bought broth. Yeah, mostly for time. Uh, and you could have used a, a homemade broth, but that took that would have taken a couple of that would take a full day, right? Oh yeah, no. I mean, if you're doing your own uh, your own soup, that can be a big endeavor. That's going to be roasting your chickens. It's going to be collecting the smolts. It's going to be um, using the chickens. Uh, uh, to flavor your broth using the carcasses, um, a lot of uh, vegetables, celery, carrots, onions, garlic, uh, herbs, and a lot of simmering and uh, having it develop in skimming 
the protein developing on the it's top. It's basically of the bra. putting a lot of schmutz together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, and and schwitzing over the kitchen. Um, yeah, no, that's 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 exactly uh, what that is. Now, what if someone's a vegetarian? Can they use vegetable broth? Oh, absolutely. Um, there is absolutely nothing that stops matzo balls from uh, being vegetarian. There's a, a lot of amazing vegetable broths out there. And then, you know, if you are need a binder for the matzo balls, uh, pretty much most vegetable oils will uh, do really well. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, coconut oil. It behaves really similarly to animal fats and recipes. Uh, and um, you want something that's lightly flavored, doesn't have a really heavy coconut flavor. Uh, if it does, you could definitely lean into that and do like a lemongrass soup or something that would complement the coconut well. A lemongrass broth sounds really great. And um, I had some noodles in it with you doing with that. And you can uh, oh, have, yeah. have a, make it different. Okay. So, Wes, where can we find you on social media? I am at Jewish Cowboy Nash uh, on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me uh, and you can see any upcoming events and where my truck's going to be parked on there. And I'm East Tasty on Instagram and you can find my website at uh, EastTastyCandy.com. Our producer is Adam Levin and the show is executive produced by all three of us. Send us your questions. Send us your comments at suchsmallportionspod at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. And we'll see you next time with something good to eat. <laughs>